Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Wow. Aren't we just in such a fun, amazing time? Are y'all like just like a kid in a candy store? I feel like a kid in the candy store. I'm certain of it. You know, whenever I was growing up, um, I grew up with a real... Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, the real one, you know. And I I really, I dreamt, I would just imagine and I would play like that was a real thing. I was going to go to Willy Wonka. But that's what I feel like. I feel like I am just in this amazing, sweet, spiritual candy shop. That's the best way I know how to describe it. It's just so much fun. It's just... Man, he loves for us to be like children. He loves it. He loves for us to just come just expecting to receive from him. You know, he really wants us to take him for granted. You know, he really wants us to. He wants us to really just lean in and say, what What do you need? What? What is it? I want to be everything that you need. What is it you need from me? You know, that's part of, you know, I think whenever we have parents, you know, that weren't real nurturing and, you know, just real good, you know, it's kind of hard to understand good parenting. And I know just over the years, God has really just shown me parenting. And, you know, I think I just had a really warped sense of even what parenting was. You know, I remember literally one time in my life, it's even it's embarrassing to even say, but I'm gonna say it because it's a it's a really good indicator from how far I've come. Okay. But I really thought, well, like parenting isn't really that hard. I mean, because like, I mean, you just like, you know, you have them and then you just pay for it and then they just do their thing. But see, but like that's but that's how I was raised though. Like I was raised where I wasn't I didn't get any kind of correction. I didn't get any kind of guidance. It's just like whatever happened, happened. And chances are it wasn't good. So I'll just say that. But, you know, he, he as I learned just how he is and how much fun he is and how he just loves to be good to me, like he loves to be good above everything. He loves to just be good to me. And, you know, I think if you just, man, just ask him, like, how can I just really just lean into your goodness? You know, if that's if that offends you, I'm sorry. You may just need to have some sozos about that because he he really he's a fun, fun, fun dad. And you know what? He is the maker of fun. So if you think that he is all prickly and unhappy and serious, you do not get it because he is very fun and happy. And he, the Holy Spirit, he's in that case too, because he's always just like, let's do it. Let's do this thing. He's just fun too. He's just like, yeah, let's do this. That's why it's so fun. Like, because you see him show up on people, you know, and they're shaking and vibrating and all kinds of stuff. You know, you can tell he's not taking things too seriously because he shows up on us in funny ways. And I don't know about you, but I have said, I don't care what it looks like. And I mean that 100%. I do not care. Shudi and I, we've had experiences in Poblanos eating Mexican food. And it doesn't matter. We do not care. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who sees it, what they think about it. 
I want more of it. I just want more. I don't want to ever, ever, ever put a cap on anything he wants to do in me. I just, I want to just read this scripture real quick. It's actually not what I'm going to preach on. Okay. But I just wanted to read it because it just was, it's just good. And you can think about it. In James 4, it says, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says, The spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. Oh, just think of how you want more of him. Yeah, that's nothing. That doesn't even hold a candle to what he wants. That's like that's like nothing. It's like a drop of the bucket. But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud. So don't be proud, okay? Don't be proud. Say to your neighbor, don't be proud. Be humble at heart. But continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then surrender to God, stand up to the devil, and resist him, and he will flee in agony. Don't you love that? Oh, I love that. Make him pay. Move your heart. Wait, I guess I am going to kind of talk about that. Okay, I am. That's funny. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. (laughs) Don't you love it? Oh, gosh, I love it. I love it. Keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Oh, dang. You know what I love about that, though? I love that even in your doubting, even if you'll just come and bring him your doubt, like, you know, what makes it, what makes it sinful is when you hold it back and you act like you're right in your doubt or better yet, you act like it can't go away. You act like it's just the thing and it's just you, you're just black carded and you have doubt. No, that's not true. That's just the lie of the enemy because God had put his nature in you and your nature is to think like him. If you're not thinking like him, you have a thinking problem, not a black heart problem. So don't forget that. But if, if even in, if, if you doubt, like seriously, just get alone with him and just say, man, God, I really, I am doubting you in this place. I just am not believing and I don't want to not believe. And he does a beautiful thing as we've been hearing about in the resurrection eyesight, uh, that he exchanges your doubt for his faith, his faith. He gives you his faith. That makes you want to bring your doubt. So don't get all messed up if you have doubt. Just take it to him and let him give you his eyes. Give him or he'll give you his eyesight. Ugh, that is just so amazing. Um, I just have just some fun nuggets um, to just talk about, um, just uh, about just the word of the year and just how it's been unfolding and just different things like that. And so I, I kind of stumbled on something really cool yesterday and um it's it's so interesting but um it says that um it started so there's a um there's a festival called Tu Bi Shavat okay Tu Bi Shavat 
And it actually took place last Wednesday to Thursday. It was sundown on Wednesday, and it went to, I th think it was uh, nightfall on Thursday. And what's really cool is um, it says it's the day, it's, it is the day that marks the beginning of a new year for trees. For trees. For trees. I've heard that recently. I have heard something about that recently. How fun is that? I love that. It, say, um, it says that um, this day marks the season in which the earliest blooming trees in the land of Israel emerge from their winter sleep and begin a new fruit-bearing cycle. That's some good news. What I really love about that festival is that, you know, whenever you look around at the winter time, I hate winter. I'm sorry. I know there's people in here that love it. I hate it. It's true. I'm sorry. Sorry, Daddy. I don't like it. It's true. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's cold. It's just, it's sad looking. I just don't enjoy it. But what's really, I can't appreciate it. You know, I get it. I know why we have to have it and all that. I'm good with that. But uh, it doesn't help me like live through it very good. Okay, I just don't like it. <laughs> Especially whenever it's like zero outside. That's just ridiculous. I don't even know what that is. That's ridiculous. Anyway, that's beside the point. But, you know, I love that whenever you look around at the trees, you think, man, these look lifeless. They look like they got nothing going on. But, you know, of course, you start seeing spring come. And the beautiful Bradford prayers start getting those white flowers that make all of our noses itch, you know, that stuff. You start seeing, you start seeing everything start blossoming and coming alive. And that just so matches where we are in this house. You know, I think that the word that was released, you know, I know everybody's at different levels in their walk with him. You know, some of us are just starting. Some of us are a little bit further down the road. Some of us are thinking about starting. You know, there's just all, there's all kinds of um, variations of our walk. But I would say that for everybody, that there is a season of probably some things that maybe look like they're dead because there's something new that is being resurrected. And the resurrection part, you know, if you can just trust, if you can just hang out, even when it looks wintry, if you can just hang out and just know that God is actually doing something, he's doing something in you. He's doing something that will change your life forever. And I think that just um, thinking about how the root systems work in trees, you know, roots they have to go really, really, really deep for them to be able to withstand any kind of elements. And, you know, let's let's face it, you know, some of us probably would prefer to not have to go through some things that are maybe a little bit harder to withstand. But God is teaching us to grow our root system deep so that we are those really tall trees of righteousness, those oak trees of righteousness. And so I just want to tell you today that God is doing something beautiful in your lives. He's doing something so beautiful. And if you just won't um, give up and you'll just keep pressing in, you will see the beauty of what he's doing. Um, 
I wanted just to share just a few more things about this cool little um, to be Shavat. That's how you say it. Isn't that great? I actually got it right. Um, it says, I just want to read this little thing that um, this lady says. It says, um, it's such a beautiful celebration. This is celebrated in the winter when nothing is apparent but branches. You can't see anything growing, but there is something brewing beneath the surface. There is indeed life beyond those barren sticks and limbs. The cycle of life is still moving, waiting for the fruit to be seen. Just like us in this journey we are on, we may not always see what daddy is doing, but he is indeed making something beautiful. It says, but why would we celebrate the new year for trees when the fruit is not yet visible on the branches? It says, to be Shavat is the day when the sap begins to rise through the tree. In other words, we can't see the fruit yet, but we are celebrating the process of growth itself. And most of this process we can't see because it's beneath the surface of the ground. It's also the day when the trees are no longer nourished by last year's waters and begin to be nourished by the new year's waters. That's good. That's good. That's a good word. Um, you know, I, this is another thing. And I, and I think, um, you know, don't be surprised if the ways that you have lived your life, the way that you have maybe encountered the Lord, the way that you have spent time with him, don't be surprised if he switches and don't get afraid when he does. Because, you know, I remember different times in my life where, you know, he had been talking to me in one lane and then all of a sudden he wasn't there anymore. And it was like, where are you? I cannot find you. Like it, it really brought a lot of anxiety to me because, you know, I, I couldn't quite figure out where he was, but then I would kind of get a new groove and it was like, Oh wait, no, you're just doing it different. And it's because there's a newness that he wants to give us. And so, you know, I love that he keeps it fresh. He keeps it alive. And so the things that God did for you in the past, He's got to do something fresh and new because that is the old news. He has something fresh for you today. This something fresh for you today. And so, you know, don't get stuck in your old ways. Try things that are new. Do things that are out of your comfort zone. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say that like I'm really like a drawer at all, you know, as far as my drawing capabilities. Rollies probably a little bit better than I am. It's good. It's good. I'm not. It's, I'm not mad about it. It's good. I, I'm. I'm good with it. I am creative in other ways, but I. But I do. I create in other ways. I. I make sure that I, you know, just spend time with him, just soaking, and then you know, just doing something out of just my normal comfort zone. You know, I just get on with my little iPad and I just draw and I create pretty things. And, you know, because that's just fun to him. He just he loves for us to keep things moving. So I just want to encourage you to don't get stuck on the old thing and really step into doing something new with him because he has some fresh manna for you. Um, it says. Um, oh, I went off and lost my spot. 
I'm just going to read it again. It's also the day when the trees are no longer nourished by last year's waters and begin to be nourished by the new year's waters. It's a time that is in between the winter and the spring, not quite day or night. And when we look at the trees, we are meant to think of ourselves in that same place. Between the past and our future and opening ourselves up to more opportunities for growth as the sap rises and the new waters flow. Isn't that fun? That just happened. That was just Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Seriously, whatever I think about even how, you know, all the things that happened that made us keep putting off, you know, doing the word of the year, you know, and I know we were laughing about it because at one time it was just like, you know, the timing is going to be right, though. Like, you know, we can think it should be this time or that time, but it's going to be the right time. And then what is that? Just right there that God is doing something new for the trees. New years for trees. What the heck? That's amazing. Look to your neighbor and say, it's a new year for you, tree. I want to just talk a little bit today about modeling our lives from the resurrected Jesus. Uh, uh, I just burn. I burn, I burn, I burn. I love, um, man, there's just so many good things about that word. I can't even put I can't even put words to it, but I I feel like for me personally, I've just spent a lot of time you know, just every day, just looking at it and then asking him what he's wanting to show me that day. And it's been really fun to just explore. And um, it's been really cool because he's actually taken me on new journeys that I haven't actually been with him before. And, you know, I've, I've done a lot of inner healing, you know, I mean, a lot of inner healing and because I needed a lot of inner healing. I needed it. I was a hot mess. And so, but he actually started talking to me about some new things that I don't remember ever even looking at before. And whenever I was talking to him about it, it was like the most beautiful thing because, and it, you know, it wasn't good. You know, the memory wasn't good by any means, but it's like, I saw his face whenever he was looking at the memory with me. And it, all of a sudden, like, it was just the most sweet, tender thing. And it was just, man, God, I will do anything for you. I don't care. I'll look at anything. I will. It does not matter to me. I will hold nothing back from you. And so I don't know if um, if you're somebody that um, if you have a hard time with intimacy, um, if that is difficult for you, um, you know, that's not um, that isn't the way that you're drawn that's against your nature. Your nature is to be like the Godhead and they are anything but afraid of intimacy. They are very open in their intimacy with us. And if, if you struggle to really let people in and, you know, maybe you can't let an actual person in yet, but if you can begin to open your heart up to God and just really begin to get some things out to him, then I think you're going to find a new desire to be known. Because, you know, whenever I was thinking about the resurrection eyesight, I was really thinking about just being known. Like, I think everybody really wants to be known. 
I think even if you're afraid of intimacy, I think it's really because you're afraid to be known. You're afraid to be rejected. You know, there's a whole list of things. But I think a deep down desire for us all is to be known. You know, we want to be known and be accepted. We want for people to see us and care about us and really want to um, have just a deep connection with us. And so whenever I, I was just thinking about intimacy and how, you know, why Jesus just loves it so much, you know, he could have chosen any way to do this relational journey with us, yet he loves to come down into the dirt with us and just love on us. And man, he just, he, he does the most beautiful thing. Like, you know, you're thinking you're pouring out yourself to him. And then all of a sudden he just opens himself up and you just get to go in and he tells you just beautiful things about himself. And he lets you see the way that you're made. And it's just, it's beautiful. And so if you're afraid of intimacy, I want to just encourage you, please, he is the one person I promise you, he will not ever turn you away. He'll never turn you away. He will never turn you away if you'll just go to him. He won't. He won't turn you away. It just takes a heart that will just turn to look at him. If you'll just turn and look, he, he won't turn you away. But, you know, this is just, you know, this is just a real season to practice your intimacy. I think resurrection eyesight really can, if you just want to water it down, uh, if you can do that, I would say intimacy is a really huge issue. And, you know, I would say that in religion, you know, that really taught us to not be intimate it taught us to hide our failures, pretend we're something else, pretend, 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 put on facades so that we can protect the things that we're really afraid of in ourselves. And, you know, God is coming after places in us that hold us captive into thinking that we're not lovable, to thinking that there's things about us that are not lovable. Listen, it is impossible for you to be not lovable. I don't even know. Is that the right? Yes, that's right. It's, it's completely impossible because he, you're made in his image. You're made in his likeness. So he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you in the middle of your junk. He loves you in the middle of all of your unbelief. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. So if, if you hear me today, please just practice, just practice opening your heart to him. Practice doing it in ways that you haven't done it yet. You know, and it's not going to look the same. And don't compare your way to another person's way. Don't, don't make the mistake of thinking that you're going to sit down and you're going to do it somebody's way, Cece's way, any of our, any of our way, it's going to look your way and it's going to be specific to you. And so don't put yourself in a box and don't think it has to look a certain way. You know, it's funny because God, he deliberately messes with me all the time. You know, just as soon, you know, just as soon as I'll do something and, you know, I'll have a breakthrough 
you know, and then I want to do that thing again. Right. I mean, we all do. That's just human nature, you know? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not on that. I'm not doing that one. And I already did that. Come on, let's find another one. You know, because he's, cause he's fun. Because Shitty said it. He has a thousand ways to heal us, at least millions. He can, anyway, ways that we can't even imagine. And so don't make the mistake of putting yourself in a box thinking that something has to look a certain way. You know, there's been times that I have gotten in the dirt with him and I have word vomited and I have just let out all my junk and he said nothing. I mean, nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. But I got up and it was just like, it was all gone. That was, that was him coming. He just said, here, let me take it. Come on, give it to me. Now, I didn't know that's what I was doing. I was just throwing up on him, you know, but, but he said, give it to me. And, you know, so don't put him in a box thinking that it's got to look a certain way for you. And don't go thinking that he's got to do something your way. You know, he will, he, he will always, he'll always come. He'll always do something for you, but it will be different. And if you just, whenever you think you always know, he'll switch it up on you. So don't get afraid. Okay. Okay. I love that, um, you know, Jesus has a deep longing for you. He has a really deep longing for intimacy with you. You're not just a number. You're not just another thing on the planet that he has to deal with. You are the very center of his attention and his affection, and he wants to know you very deeply, very, very deeply. Like he is setting up your life. Like even now, as we're in this room, he is setting up, he's making plans on how he's going to encounter you. He's making ways that you will experience him. He is deeply, deeply longing for you. So whenever you think about going to sit down and spend time with him, remember that it's him drawing you. You're not even drawing him. Remember that. He's the one drawing you. He's drawing you into that secret place because he's hungry for you. He's very, very hungry for you. I um you know intimacy intimacy and obedience go hand in hand together. And and I say this because and I even say it reluctantly because I think sometimes that can even mess us up because then we can get this weird thing that if we haven't been obedient that we want to hide because then he's mad at us and which you know that's just that's religion and that's junk. I think we've already, I think Cece did an amazing job talking about the resurrection eyesight, talking about how you can always come to him. But I think, you know, when, when we really encounter him at deep levels, those really deep levels, we don't have any problems in obedience, really. We really don't. We, 
when, when we're really struggling to be obedient, when we've made disobedience a way of life, it's because we lack intimacy with the Godhead. Because we're, we're not going to be tightly knit with them while also being disobedient. And so, you know, if, if you struggle with being obedient, if you struggle with um, really being able to have your desires match his desires, you could just inquire about your intimacy level, what that is like with him. Because I think, um, you know, if you're thinking about the resurrection eyesight, and if you're, if you're coming to him and he is giving you all that he is, what does that mean? He has imparted his very nature to you. And so that nature is complete obedience. He was completely obedient unto death, right, to the Father. And so that is a natural thing that flows out of us in our places of deep intimacy with him. And so if, if, you, if you have a hard time with obedience, listen, it, let's go back. Let's go back to A. Let's just go back to, just revert to A. Just talk to him about it. You just get low. You just get low. You get low with yourself. You get low and you say, God, you know, Pam did so good. She did so good Wednesday talking about how to present your heart when you know your heart's being stinky. We've all had a stinky heart, right? We can all say it. Don't act like we haven't. I have more times than I care to think about, but we have all had a stinky heart. And so just be honest with him. Just bring yourself to him. Let him impart to you what he's wanting to give to you. So then it's just such a joy. Living with him is such a deep, deep, deep joy. Such a deep joy. Um, you know, the other thing that um, whenever we are living through the um, life of the resurrected Jesus, we have really fruitful lives. In John 15, it says, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up their fruitless branches. Oh, I love that footnote. It says, um, the Greek phrase can also be translated. He takes up to himself every fruitless branch. He doesn't remove these branches, but he takes them to himself as the wise and loving farmer. He lifts them up off the ground to enhance their growth. Say enhance their growth. In the context, in the context, Christ's endless love for his disciples on the last night of his life on earth seems to emphasize God's love even for those who fail and disappoint him. Peter's denial didn't bring rejection from Jesus. So it sure won't from you either. It says, um, it says in propping up their fruitless branches, pruning, which the pruning is also cleansing. So he cleanse every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. 
that's that is really powerful that we get the beautiful honor of choosing to stay with him because he's already chosen to stay with us. He's not going to he's not going to disconnect from us. We get to choose him over and over and over again. Every day you get to choose him. Minute by minute, you get to choose him. With every decision, you get to choose him. And it says that, um, for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately. Intimately. Intimately joined to mine. That isn't, that isn't, you know, if I do good, if I make good decisions, if I am a good mom, if I'm a good dad, if I'm a good worker, I'm a bad worker, if I am intimately joined, intimately joined, intimately joined, you know, religion hates intimacy. It hates intimacy. It loves, it loves to be able to talk about how godly and how, oh, and how amazing you are. All these things you can do and all this goodness. But really the deep, deep, deep intimate place with God it, it is offensive to it. As a matter of fact, it thinks that if you're intimate, it thinks that you're blasphemous. We'll call you as such. So if somebody with the religious spirit says that you're blasphemous, say, okay, thanks. It's a badge of honor. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate that. It means nothing. If you're afraid of going to him, that you'll ever be met with anything but love and kindness, then you, you, don't, you don't understand his ways. You'll never be met with frustration or irritation or anger. You will never, ever, ever say never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever. You will never, ever, ever be met with frustration and irritation. He is infinitely kind. He's infinitely patient, patient. He's very patient. I love that he pulls you to himself. He takes your fruitless branches to become budding vines says, come and let him know you. When you're intimately joined to him, then you find your fruit grows naturally. Has anybody ever tried to grow your own fruit? Have you ever tried to grow your own fruit? I mean, you know, it's like you're trying like, okay, I'm just going to be patient. These people are driving me nuts, but I'm just going to be patient and I'm going to be nice to them. You know, you know that you've been trying to do this fruit thing. You know, you've been trying to just be good and then uh, this fruit thing, you know, you're trying to do this fruit thing. And then it's just like, it's some rotten stuff because, you know, it's just not good. It's just, they take a big old bite out of your insecurities and it's just not good. It's just so not good. But man, man, but if you'll just be joined to him, you got some fruit. He will give you some fruit, some everlasting fruit. We need it. We need some everlasting fruit. I need to eat of your everlasting fruit, please. Have some fruit for me to eat. I need some. I will have some for you to eat. Because remember, our fruit is for 
others. It's for others. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, if you could, if you could zoom out, um, at just your own personal process for the word of the year, begin to think about what is it unto for you? What is it? What is, so for you to have resurrection eyesight for you to, you know, like I said, we were all at different places. Why, what is it that God is doing in you for what purposes? I like to know, I like to know why God is doing things in me. I like to know. I like to know that the reason why he, for me personally, why he's talking to me about different things in my mind is because I know that I'm entering into a different season, that things, my old ways of thinking have to change because it's not going to fit in the new way of thinking. And so it's unto something. So whenever I am with him, whenever I'm being with him, it's unto something. It, Of course, it's just, it is to be with him, but he is also calling me into something. He's calling you into something. And so your, your purpose, God, he has a very specific purpose for your life. And it isn't just to uh, just flitter about and just aimlessly try and figure it out. He really is very specific. And so he wants to really be uh, very intentional with you. And so um, there's an unto something for you. And, um, you know, I mentioned intimacy. I have mentioned, um, you know, that you'd be fruitful. Um, you know, I think another really great, another great um, thing is for resurrection power. Resurrection power. <clears throat> you know, I love that the Holy Spirit is in us. Obviously, that's the most amazing gift ever. Okay, ever, ever, ever. I can't, I can't fathom it. You know, to think that a person of the Godhead lives in us is just, it, I don't, we don't, we don't get it. Honestly, we don't get it. We don't even get a 1% of it. I know that. I don't get it. I want to get it. I want to understand it more. I want to take hold of it more. I, I want to really, in this life, I want to experience the full potential that Jesus said that we could experience. I want that. But, you know, there's two different, there's two different of the Holy Spirit um, of his equipping. There's one that's in us and then there's one that's on us. So the NS is for us. Okay. The NS is for our relationship with him. It's for our life. It's for doing, it's for doing stuff. It's for us. And then the other part, the on us is for others. And so that's for the power. So, you know, I think that God really has to deal with our mindsets for the power of God to be expressed through us. Because a lot of times we, in our own heads, we will stop him from being able to flow in us because of our own unbelief and doubt. And so God is really, he's addressing mindsets in us that are opposing the things of the kingdom. And so if, I mean, does anybody know places for you personally that your mindsets don't line up with just walking in great power. I mean, God is, he's wanting, he's really wanting us to deal with these and look at these because he's wanting to give us a, a, a more power. 
more power. There's, there's a, the church, the greatest glory of the church is coming. It's, 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 it's coming. It's coming. And the church is, the church is preparing herself. And so you can prepare yourself by doing the processes that we're talking about. It's by getting with him. It's by adjusting your mind. It's by getting in the word. Do you know the word? Do you even know what the word says? Do you know what the word says about you? Do you know what the word says about your mate? Does your, do you know what the word says about your boss? Whenever you know what the word says, then that will cause your heart to line up. But if you walk around ignorant of it, then that actually stops God from moving in you. That actually can stop him. That can stop him. It can stop him. Our unbelief stops God from moving in our lives with power. I mean, I know I've done it. I have done it. I have gone to pray for people and I, I, mm, I didn't have it. I didn't have it. And I didn't give it. I didn't have it. I didn't give it. And it it's here. It's here because because I because ha- he he has anointed me. He has equipped me. But I've got to get. I've got to deal with my own mindsets that keep me from stepping into the greater things. And so God is wanting to take you into greater things. What mindsets must you deal with to go into the greater things? Are you small? Are you too big? Too big that God is smaller than you? Are you too small? And then in essence, you're still bigger than God if you're too small. Honestly, that's really the truth. Man, we just got to deal with our hearts, guys. We got to deal with our hearts. It's not bad to deal with. It's not bad. Just confess it. Just say it. Just say it. Just do it. Uh, man, it's like, uh, it's like Jesus. I can just see Jesus just standing there. It's just like, come on. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, baby. Come on. I can take it. Come on. Come on. It's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, nah, I'm good. Like, man, like run to him. Just run to him. Whenever, whenever you see things in you, that's like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that mindset. I don't like what I have. Don't hide it, guys. Run to him. Run to him. He said, run to my throne of grace. You will find mercy. You find mercy at his throne if you run to him. You find it. You find it for yourself. You get what you need from him. You'll get what you need. You must run to him, though. You have to run with him. You have to run to him with all that you are. He will heal your heart. He will heal it. He will heal it. I promise he will. Every, I bet any amount of money, he would do it. He would do it. He will heal your heart. If you truly, if you truly want him, if you truly want to seek him with your whole heart, there is not any chance that he would ever not show you him. He will reveal himself to you. He will heal you and he will reveal himself to you. If you will just come down from your high places and just go into meet with him, I promise you, he'll meet with you. Listen, I feel him so, so strong right now. He's wanting to tell you, if you want to know him, just ask him. He wants to encounter you. He wants, he's wanting to encounter you. You specifically, he wants to encounter you. 
He is not okay with you feeling like an orphan. He's not okay with you not feeling wanted. He's not okay. And he is willing to take it from you. He is willing to show you your true place in the kingdom. He's willing to show you where you belong with him. If you just come, if you just come, just come, just come, just come. There's beauty. There's such beauty in our places of need. Man, he loves it. He loves our need. He loves it. I love it. I love, I think Cece, I can't remember. I think she called it a, was it a gateway or a bridge or something? One of those. It's so true. He, he loves to come close to us. He loves to come close. If you haven't experienced his closeness, and it, you may be mad about it. You may be mad that you haven't experienced his closeness. You may feel like, man, everybody else has experienced it, but I haven't. Maybe that's you. Man, just say that to him. Man, I'm mad. I'm mad you aren't there. I'm mad whatever. I'm mad. Whatever it is, if you just will give it to him, I promise. I promise. You will know him as a father. You'll know him as a father. Not a mean father. Not one that's distant. Not one that's aloof but one that would storm the gates of hell for you. One that would do anything and everything for you. He would do anything for you. You are the very center of his affection. You're what he thinks about. You're what he dreams about. You're the very thing that he longs for. It's you. It's your heart. He cares for it. He tends to it. Even while you sleep, he fights for you. All the while, even if you don't know it, he's still doing it. He's still doing it. He's still overseeing you. He's still overseeing your life. He's still planning good things for you. He's still making a way for you. His fatherhood is unlike anything that you've ever dreamt of. It's unlike anything you could possibly ever imagine. And he, but he wants you to experience it. It's not lofty. It's not far away. It's close. It is right. It is just decisions away to experience the closeness of a father unlike anything We, we live in just a society that is so broken with fatherlessness. And the father intends on repairing that and making it right. The father fully intends on making it right. And he wants to make it right for you, specifically for you. He wants to make it right for you. So, Daddy, I just pray over hearts in the room today.
that haven't encountered what it's like to be fathered, that haven't encountered to be clothed in identity. And I'm asking, Daddy, that you would come and that you would break off mindsets that oppose you. And I'm asking that you would come and that you would restore the gentleness of heart today. Daddy, I just pray that you would restore where the enemy has sought to destroy and kill and ravage. I just exalt you, Daddy. I exalt you in your high place over lives. I exalt you, and I thank you that your ways are greater, and I exalt you in your high place, and I thank you for what you're doing in lives. I thank you. I thank you that you are so fully capable and you're so fully willing to heal all hearts. So, Daddy, I thank you that you are entering into people's hearts as a good, good father. I thank you for removing the veil. To bring clarity. Bring clarity, Daddy. Bring clarity. Bring clarity. I love that in John 1, it says, but those who embraced him and took hold of his name, he gave authority to become the children of God. It says, are those who are putting faith into his name to lay hold of his name means to believe everything he represents and put into practice what he taught in the power of his name. And it's so relational for him. Everything falls through the line of relationship. Everything. You can't get around it. You can't get above it. Below it. If you want to live in the kingdom way, it's through relationships. It's through relationships with them and with each other. It's really the most astounding thing whenever you read Jesus' words. And, you know, he, he gives us, oh, I don't know if I have it pulled up. Let's see if I do. I have it up. Um, well, basically that Jesus... You know, he said, he basically sums up being able to live in the kingdom, to be able to walk in full authority, to be able to spend um, all of eternity ruling and reigning with him. It's, it's, it, 
the ability to be able to have this kind of a lifestyle is summed up in just doing two things. Does anybody know what those two things are? Love God, love people. It's all about relationships. So if you struggle with relationships, that's you got to look at that. You got to go through to the throne and allow him to change your eyes, to give him that part of him, that resurrected part of him. Let him change the way that you see so that you can connect with people because your identity, your purpose, your purpose is found in community. Your purpose is found in community. You know, I love, I love to receive words that give me instruction, and then it gives me um, a really um, deep truth because that's how I know that I can grow. And you know, I think if you if you really are hungry to grow, then I want to just encourage you to do some other heart work in between church because if you just come to church you're you're not going to get there because you know the enemy he is very 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 dead set on making sure that you don't reach your purpose and if you don't make movements toward moving towards your purpose then um, at the end, you will have not have done it. That's nice English for you. So just, you know, whenever, whenever you just get, man, that's what I love about our house. I remember, I remember going to church and, um, you know, this was before I got really angry and bitter and rebelled, but I would sit in church and I remember my heart was, I was so hungry to experience God and they would basically just tell me everything I did wrong. Like I, I had that written down. It was all on my heart. I mean, you know, I, that I knew that thing backwards and forwards, but I didn't know how to do anything different. I didn't know, like I didn't know how to get out of my patterns of, you know, just thinking and all that. And I was young, you know, and I didn't know, but you know, we live in such an age now that we can't say that anymore. We can't say, I don't know. Like, we just can't say that anymore. Like, we we really, we just can't say it. I mean, we can say, I don't want to, or I don't have time to. I mean, we, that's not even a good excuse, but we can say that, but it's not going to mean anything. But, you know, I mean, we can, we can say anything. But in reality, it's like, man, you just get what you're hungry for. At the end of the day, you're going to get what you're hungry for. And so you're just, we're going to get, we're all hungry for at the end of the day. But I can tell you this, if you'll just respond to the hunger of Jesus, then he will pull you. It, he's like a tractor beam. And if you'll just respond to him, man, he will keep pulling you and pulling you. Because remember, you're not doing it on your own. You can't even love him. Face it. You cannot even, you cannot even want to know him without him giving you that sweet gift. And so, you know, if you're not hungry, 
If you have zero hunger, a great starting place. God, I'm not hungry. I want to be hungry, though. I want to be hungry, but I'm not. I want to be hungry. Let him, let him pull you. Man, just if you bring you, he'll pull you into the greater things. He'll pull you. I promise. I just want to read this last word before we leave. Um, um, it says, I'm creating a people who won't back down and who won't relent. They won't quit coming and they won't relent until they have what they seek. My kingdom isn't for the casual seeker. It is for those that don't mind the cost. I never considered the cost of consequence because I knew the reward. This is what was produced by my side. When blood and water flowed, I birthed my church and the gates of hell will never win. You see, my people were always meant to look like me, think like me. My resurrection made that possible. What Adam and Eve forfeited, I took back, and I took back with interest. The enemy will pay greatly for his folly. He will pay in this life and the one to come. I intend to make him pay in this life by those who profess my name. For those who aren't afraid to look into my eyes and believe what I say. You see, the Joshua generation is alive and well today. They have surveyed the land and they have taken a thorough inventory of my word and found that the enemy has greatly overplayed his hand. They see the giants in the land and they are not afraid to stand. They will stand on my truth, on my word, on my promises. You see, your life, when entwined with mine, has no limits. There's no borders to brush up against. I give you all that I am and all that is mine. I enjoy this journey with you. I enjoy walking you out of darkness and into my glorious light. This is the desire of my heart. I am tender, yet I am fierce. I am the lion and I am the lamb. I will tenderly care for you and I will fiercely protect you. Come and present your bodies as a living sacrifice and you will see the fire of heaven consume darkness. I want to use your life to overtake the enemy. Do you know that's possible? Do you know the cost of your life? It was worthy because I knew I recreated myself in you. It's such a glorious plan. I still laugh at the mere thought the enemy thought he had won. He actually thought he had won. But you see, the plan all along was to have my sons and daughters stand by my side, reigning in victory and sharing the spoils. Never forget what overwhelming victory is at hand. Never forget 
you are not the minority. You have all of heaven backing you. You have the three in one on your side. Surely you will not fail. I have already closed the book and the ending is written. We win. So, Daddy, I just thank you for what you're doing in this body. And I thank you for what you're doing in the church as a whole. And I just pray over every heart in the room. I pray over every heart that listens. And I'm asking that the fire of heaven would consume our thoughts, that the fire of heaven would consume our desires that the fire of heaven would pull us into the glorious presence, into the glorious throne room. I'm asking, Daddy, I'm asking for holy encounters. Give holy encounters. Holy, holy, holy encounters. Daddy, I ask that when people go into the secret place with you, that they come out different than when they went in. Daddy, I'm asking that as they go and as they lay down all that they are, I'm asking that that transference, that beautiful transference of the resurrected Jesus would be seen on them, that they would shine like the beauty of Jesus, the glory of Jesus would shine on them. And I just thank you, Daddy. I thank you that we are the people. This house is the people that we will see the glory of the house be restored. We will see the glory of your house restored. We will see it, Daddy. And I just thank you. I thank you, Daddy. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you. I'm so thankful. My heart, my heart burns for you. I thank you. I just say today, your way. Yahweh, your way, Yahweh, not our way, your way. Let your way be done in our lives. We thank you. We thank you. I thank you that you're bringing orphans home. I thank you. I thank you that you're bringing prodigals home. <laughs> you're bringing prodigals home. I thank you, Daddy. Thank you for the wonders that you're giving them a home. Thank you, Daddy. We love you and we bless you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.